Hey guys, it's David Burns, and I'm back again for another episode of the IBC podcast. This time I brought with me the big guy from Boulder, Colorado, six foot ten inch Chris Metzger. Chris pitched four years with the USC Trojans in relief with a few starts along the way, and then he moved on to the Roswell Invaders of the Pesos League in 2011. In 2012, he signed with the Ruin Huskies of the French Elite League, where he went 18-1 with a 0.68 ERA and 164 Ks in 146 innings pitched. He led the team to the French title, where he was voted the best pitcher in the final series, and as well to the final four in the European Cup, the first time a French team's ever accomplished that. Chris will be moving on in 2013 from the Huskies, as he just signed with UVV in the top Dutch league. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Welcome to IBC podcast episode number uh, three now. We're, oh, no, we're on number four now. I just interviewed the Atnang Athletics uh, president last week, so I, I've been a busy guy. Now you're on the you're fourth on the list, and you're the first one that is outside of the Atnang Athletics in Austria uh, baseball realm. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, David. Great. Uh, so I'd like to start off and ask you a few questions about uh, – you know how you went, How did you end up in France? How did you go about getting the job with the the Huskies? Well, I had, I had heard about European baseball from a couple of uh, teammates. I had one teammate at USC um, that went and played in Spain for a year after he graduated, and then I had there was a graduate assistant that had played in France. So I heard from both of them that it was just a great time, and you know it was the first I had ever heard of baseball over in Europe. Yeah. So I started looking into it. I uh, found a website, uh, Mr. Baseball, yeah. and. Uh, Pretty much just found all the teams I could and all the divisions and all the countries I wanted to go to and just started sending emails out, just mass emails on who, my, who I was. Yeah. Uh, I found really tall, I think, was helped, you know, just attractive to have that, to be able to put that on, on the email. Yeah. But I ended up getting probably 25, 30 responses from teams all over the place, um, all the way from Spain, Czech Republic. And uh, so I could kind of pick and choose which one, which organizations seemed to, seemed to have their act together, which countries I wanted to go to. Yeah. Uh, what city I wanted to be to be in, and uh, ended up picking, picking France because I speak a little French and really wanted to go to Paris. So, oh, that's great. It's nice to have those options. You're breaking up a little bit, but that's that's fine. Yeah, it's just yeah. nice to have those options. Not everybody has those options. So, so yeah, it was, it was great. So, it was the Mister Baseball website, and you were you posting in the forum there as well? Just kind of, or did you use the forum, or were you just emailing teams directly for the most part? I think I, I put a posting in the forum, but I never got any replies. Yeah, okay. Uh, I also put a posting on, um, there's a, the Dutch League has a site where you can put a resume down. Okay. Uh, and um, and I got, I think I got a bunch of responses from like the Dutch Second Division and maybe the Belgian League that yeah. were looking at that. But most of it came just from straight email. Okay. And, and now the, uh, in 2013, you're actually going to be playing some Dutch ball. You, you, the UVV club uh, picked you up. Um, so same thing, or was this more? Did you uh, did you meet them through the Euro Cup, or, or how did how did that happen? It was I think the Euro Cup had something to do with it because um, the team Rouen uh, went to went to play in Rotterdam, and we ended up beating uh, another Dutch team in Tunis, um, and a big upset, and we ended up qualifying for the final four. And so I, I was on the mound for that game against some Tunis, and I think that that helped. You know, they they saw me pitch against the Dutch team. Yeah, uh, and then the so their new assistant coach. Uh, at UVV, he had been head coach of the Belgian team that had contacted me the year before. Okay. So he had been interested in me from before, but when he moved, he still had my name. 
And so that those pieces kind of hooked up, and he emailed me. We went from there. Oh, okay, good. So you, once you got your foot in the door uh, with with Ruin, then it just it just kind of went from there. So yeah, exactly. I had to put in my time, but then got yeah. to move up. Yeah, that's what I keep telling guys that contact me through my website. Is I just say once you once you're over here, then you're kind of in. You know, you just of course you have to have to prove yourself and, and have a good year yeah. and work hard, but. Uh, but uh, but play, having a good year in Europe is something that a European team can relate to. You know, they don't know what Juco ball is like in the States, you know, necessarily. Yeah. But if they see you have a good year in Austria or France or something, they know what that means. Exactly. You know? it's, a, it's a benchmark for them, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about contract. Like in Austria, being around, uh, you know, it's not quite up at the French ball level, but we're around, I think Austria is ranked around 54th in the world for uh, by the world baseball ranking, and I know uh, France is around 30. And uh, so I, I don't really know uh, the level of ball or the level of pay or anything, but I know in, in, in Austria the typical contract uh, is the flight over, and uh, they put you up in an apartment and maybe a little pocket change, and... A few little extras, perks here and there, like eat for free at the ballpark and stuff like that. Uh, is there any? Can you share anything about uh, you know uh, your experience with with the contract at, at Rowan? Uh, is it Ruin or Rowan? Rowan. The second syllable is the the yeah. stress one. Rowan. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it actually, just sounds like yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I'm Canadian. I should know, but you know, I'm on the west, so we don't really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So no, uh, is it the same kind of deal? About the same. Contract in France sounds about the same as it is in Austria. It's uh, it's like just like you said, we got plane ticket both ways. Yeah. Um, they put us all in an apartment, and then they gave us a, a, a metro pass to get around, get to the field. They gave us a gym pass for the local gym. Yeah. And then enough money to to live and, and go out on. So. Okay, that's good. That sounds. Uh, and then and then dinners with teammates, and you know, taking you know, taking us out, whatever. So. Yeah, that's usually the way it goes. The teammates kind of chip in, and when they usually pay for your cost when they take you out and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, were you you were a shared apartment? You had a teammate with you, another import, or? Yeah, we actually had several. We had uh, we had four guys in the apartment. Um, yeah. Three, we had three Americans, one of whom was French born, so we counted as a French player. Okay. Uh, and then Australian, so three actual official foreigners, but four kind of import players. Okay. Good. Um, and then, of course, on the other side of that, you have some duties uh, that go along with that. So, like, yeah, I know in, in Austria, there's a lot of field maintenance and working with the youth and things like that. Or uh, in, uh, With uh, the Huskies, was it the same kind of deal, or were you just strictly a pitcher? It was the same kind of deal. Um, we worked with the youth team in the spring, uh, so they went on. I mean, they had summer vacation, so they didn't do it the whole year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but, there, but but in Rouen there was a huge, already a huge infrastructure working with the youth team. I mean, they had a youth coordinator, and yep. so we we were kind of on the side coaching a little bit, but yeah, we weren't really the centerpiece of it. Okay, okay. Uh, and then with the field work, I mean, we we helped take care of the field, but we had a real low maintenance field. It was an all turf, yeah, all synthetic thing. Oh, so, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was real nice. So I mean, we took care of the mound and yeah. parking that. It was fun. I think I read it's a relatively new field. I think built a couple of years ago only. Or is that right? It keeps getting renovated. I mean, it's, okay. it's a fairly. I mean, it's been around for maybe 20, 30 years. Yeah. But the synthetic is less than ten years old, I think, and they just put in a new a new bleacher set and okay. and new lights for the infield and all kind yeah. of stuff. So it keeps yeah, getting better. That's good. I think that's where we're going next. We're looking for some lights. That would that'd be nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe you can. 
kind of walk us through a typical day? Like, it sounds like you have some guys to hang out with because in Austria it's a little different. Uh, usually the, the team has one import, so that import's quite often they're alone, you know. Uh, so, I, yeah, what, what would like, how often do you practice, things like that? How, how often do you play in a week? And uh, you know, what do you do in your spare time when you're there? Yeah, there's a ton of spare time. We, so we would have doubleheaders on Sundays. Yeah. Um, just two games every Sunday. So then we practice Wednesday night, Friday night, and Saturday morning. Um, and then during the spring, we, we, uh, all of us would help out with the U teams, I think it was Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah. So we essentially have three days just out of the week. Usually it would just be free, just whatever you want to do. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah. but, but having, I mean, having four guys in the apartment was awesome. We could go out and do stuff in the town. Or, yeah. Yeah. We, we took day trips sometimes. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the French players drove us to the Normandy beaches one day, just on, on a holiday he had from work. Uh, it's like an hour away. We got to see the American uh, cemetery from there and okay. see the museums. That was oh, cool. Good. So, I mean, it, all the free time was awesome. We could go out and go to Paris, whatever. Yeah, Paris uh, is only a couple hours away, or is that about right? Yeah, it was like a, it's like an hour and a half on a train. Oh, nice. Good. So, so uh, you took full advantage. Baseball is incredibly light. Uh, I mean, compared to what you do in the, in the U.S. when you play six days a week in pro ball or something. Yeah. Uh, um, it was a difference. Schedule you had to adapt to, you know, one day a week, but yeah. um, you have a lot of free time to get out in the city and everything. Okay, so we're, uh, when you when you came over, was it was your primary purpose like was it kind of a balance? Like you came over obviously to uh, to extend your career and maybe you know further your career, uh, but at the same time, it was a kind of a travel thing as well. You wanted to see other parts of the world. And, uh, what was kind yeah. of the the primary motivation there? It was both. I mean, I, I just wanted to have an adventure, you know, like I, I wanted to go to Europe forever, uh, missed out on studying abroad during college because of baseball. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go to Europe forever and it was a chance to do that and keep, keep playing and have that, have that avenue going, but also get a chance to, to see and learn some more French. I mean, I already knew some, but yeah, chance to learn the, learn the words they never teach you in the classroom, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The ones that you hear on a baseball field, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know about those, but the, the German version, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, it was, it was both. It was an ideal, ideal opportunity to get through baseball and, and uh, have some travel going. Great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's for sure the, the, the benefit of, of playing over here is you get to, you know, Europe, you can, you can drive a few hours in one direction and see a completely new, different culture with different language and it's one of the things I love about living in Austria is the central location. I can go in any direction. It borders eight different yeah, countries, yeah. and yeah, you got all kinds of stuff around there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, you know, uh, maybe your uh, I'd like to take it to uh, your impressions uh, when, when you first arrived, and and uh, you know, because that experience, you know, I, I went through that myself, and it's it's just a, a unique experience, especially if you've never been to Europe. Um, Maybe some of the the subtle differences you noticed uh, uh, when you arrived off the field and on the field. Yeah, I had I had kind of a whirlwind intro. I'm, I'm sure a lot of players do. Yeah, um, yeah. I flew out of the states on a Thursday afternoon, yeah. and then arrived Friday morning in France. Um, it's my first time I've flown a significant number of time zones. So it was my first jet lag experience. Yeah, yeah. So got there Friday morning. Met you know met the coach. Met the team. Saw the field. Um, I think we had a little practice Friday night, maybe, yeah. and then Saturday morning we had another practice. Got on a, on a train, on a bullet train to the south of France, and then we played in in, in the south of France on on Sunday morning. Thrown right into it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So still jet lagged a little bit, um, trying to trying to adapt to the new language that I hadn't heard since tenth grade. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, trying to meet meet all the new people and everybody, everything. And then, uh, and then we get to the field. It was in Montpellier. Um, we get to the field, and they have this nice, as a synthetic turf in the field. Yeah. And then it looks like kind of money because the entire outfield is dirt. Oh yeah, <laughs> never seen that before. Never seen anything like that. Yeah, and it's like we walk over the hill to see the field. It's like, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did a, I get into? I've seen a few unique ones myself. Yeah, dirt infield that extends about halfway to the outfield and things like that. But. <laughs> so it was just it was it was a total whirlwind. I mean, I have, I have fleeting memories of that weekend. I don't even remember how well I pitched. Um, but you know, it was it was just trying to trying to react to everything and trying to just go with the flow. Yeah, uh, that's all you can do, really. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I know in Austria that the fans really know little about baseball. We actually have little programs that explain the game for the fans that do show up. Uh, you know, uh, what what do you think? What do you think uh, the acceptance of baseball is in France, or their their impression of baseball and their understanding of the game? I mean, it, it's negative. I mean, we, we would never have really fans at the park. Um, we never have, essentially all our fans were family members. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, we just, the team just put in bleachers, so I don't know if they're going to start attracting it, but the field was kind of in a corner of the city, in like the back corner of this, of this city park. Yeah. So it was, it was tough to get to. It wasn't like people would just walk by and come see a game. That's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there wasn't, there wasn't much in the way of fans, but. I mean, we, we got a little bit of coverage here and there. Like when we won the uh, won the French title, when we, when we went to the European Cup, there'd be like a little blog, on, a little little spot on a national TV broadcast or something. Yeah. But the, every time the announcer would have to explain the game, how it works, you know, and then show a couple of clips of whatever, and then that you know that was it. So, so when you're there's out, not a lot of of exposure yeah. at all. Yeah, I think that's pretty typical. Same here in Austria. Like we built the new stadium, and now we actually have a, quite a few people coming out. Uh, mostly because there's nothing to do, and we're in a small little town. There's nothing to do, so people just start showing up, you know. And it's it's kind of interesting. Okay, so we actually can get a few hundred out sometimes. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, so so if you're out or something, and you you meet somebody, because obviously I know you're a big guy. I'm a big guy myself. And you're out, and you mm-hmm. meet somebody when you're out with the team, and and they ask what you're doing there, and you say you're a baseball player. What's the reaction like? I most people seem to have heard of baseball. Like it's not it's yeah. not like what you know what is this weird sport? I mean, they've at least heard of it. Um, maybe they can kind of know how it's played. Yeah. But I think people people see it as almost like recreation in France. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's like a, a maybe an adult softball league in, in the states, or maybe like I can't even think of what it, what the equivalent. But it's like a, it's almost like a sport that's treated as like a hobby rather than an actual sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Like we get from the state and. Um, you know the the, the the stadium itself is actually public land, so the warning track. There's a big dirt warning track all the way around the field, and it's used as a running path. We can't actually close the gates to the field except when we play. Uh, we even okay. people running around, like taking their evening jog around the field. <laughs> so it's almost like it's it's not treated like a real sport like it is in in the states. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. Complete sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm 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 playing in a country where I think badminton gets more exposure in the news than baseball. So it's you know it's, uh, okay. So you play. It's called the French Elite League. Is is where you played last year. Um, there's eight teams. Is that correct? Yeah, eight teams. There yeah. will be eight again this year. 
Okay, and it's pre- is it pretty competitive, or, or is it, you know, like uh, the top four very competitive and the bottom four are struggling to keep up, or is it eight through one pretty competitive? Or? No, there's a big difference uh, from top to bottom. Uh, last year it was kind of three, it stood out. Yeah. Uh, but really, I mean, really, it's Rouen stands out above anybody else. Just they have the money behind them and the, okay. the, the good field and the infrastructure and about half the French national team. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but the the second team just below them, Senar, uh, S E N A R T, from close to Paris, they just built a brand new, really nice stadium. Yeah. Uh, all official turf, lights all the way around. It's supposed yeah. to be like the, the national team stadium kind of thing. Okay. And so they, they were, they had the most imports of other, apart from us and probably and easily the best team. Um, so, I mean, there, there are two or three teams that can compete and then it kind of drops off a little bit from there. Okay. Yeah. I've noticed that in a few of the leagues. Like I know, I noticed that the Huskies won eight of the last nine championships or something like that. And I know in the Czech Republic, the, the Draco team there's won 18 in a row or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to get a feel for what it's like there and, uh, but within the top three, you, you you had to you had to you had to work for the championship. It wasn't it wasn't handed over to you, so that's nice to hear. Um, yeah. well, what about imports? Well, while, while you mentioned that, uh, you know, like in Austria, you're you're allowed only one on the field at a time. Actually, uh, you could have as many mm-hmm. on your roster as, as as you want that you could fit anyway, but you can only have one on the field at a time. What what's it in France? What are the rules with that? I think the rule is the rule is three. You can have three imports on the field at a time, but you can't have both pitcher and catcher. Okay. Simultaneously, so um, I think there's there was a team that had a foreign foreign catcher, but he, but the, when their American pitcher went out, they had to put a French catcher in. Okay. And are you pitching the as an import? Are you pitching only the second game or something like that? It's just nine innings out of the eighteen on the doubleheader. Um, you can oh. pitch whichever. Import, or a foreign guy can pitch whichever you can have if you have two American pitchers there's one team that had two American pitchers they could go five in one game and four in the other okay. you know, okay. just nine out of 18 now yeah. as far as the, the, the second division goes do you know anything about the second division and are they importing as well because I'm trying to get an, uh, kind of an idea for, for some of the guys visiting the site that how, how deep it really goes in some of these other countries yeah I don't I don't know of any um any imports in the second division, but I don't know that there aren't any. Definitely, okay. Okay. Um, but I know. I mean, there are some teams in the first division that weren't importing. Oh, oh, that weren't at all. Okay. Yeah, there were there were a couple that had. I mean, the top three had probably three imports. Maybe the top four had three imports, and then there was there were a couple with one. But I think one or two teams didn't have any. Didn't have any. Okay. Okay. Um, so how, the next thing I want to talk about is the level of the ball compared to you know back home when you were playing with USC or, or when you were playing indie ball. Um, how, how did you find the level of ball? How would you compare it if you can? <laughs> so I know it's not easy yeah, to compare. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to do for sure. Yeah. Um, at the top of the league, I mean, it was a solid level. I mean, it. Yeah. It. Uh, I bet it'd be like a maybe a D three level. I mean, I, yeah. It's hard to say. I, I also don't have any experience of. Of D three, so I, that's hard for you to, to, to measure up. Yeah, but it, I mean it's a solid level, and I mean we competed with all the best teams in Europe. Yeah, um, with Rouen, I mean we beat we beat a Dutch team and lost to a Dutch team, lost two Italian teams really close, yeah. and then beat German, and Czech, and a Spanish team. Yeah. Um, so at the top, I mean we, you know, the French teams can compete around Europe, and you know the level of plays was pretty solid. Um, but then, you know, when you go down the French league, the, the level drops off quite a bit. Yeah. 
So you, you um, so your team won. They won the French Championship eight for the eighth time out of the last nine years or something like that. How was yeah. was it a, a final series like best of five or something like that? Yeah, it was. I think there, there was a best of. It was almost at the NFL playoffs. So the first two teams got buys, and then three through six played a best of three series. Okay. And then down to four teams, and then it was a best of five semifinals, and then a best of five okay. uh, finals. And and how what the championship? What what did it end up? Did you did you sweep or or was it uh, was it close no, it was close series? Three games won. We lost lost the first game on the road, and then uh, won the next three. Okay. And then I guess the the big thing, the, the exciting thing that. Uh, from what I read, you were the first French team to ever make the Final Four of the European Cup. That must have been pretty mm-hmm. a pretty pretty exciting thing. Even though you know you didn't you didn't make it all the way, you made it to the Final Four, and uh, that must have been uh, quite an experience for you. And I, you pitched against uh, what is it Fortitudo? They're called from Italy, and, and yeah, it was a close game. It was a close game for yeah. Well, we lost that we lost that game. It was a semifinal. Um, we lost it four to nothing, I think. Yeah. Um, we didn't have our, our American import, uh, uh, our third baseman, Ethan Paquette. He had been suspended because he got thrown out of the game in the, in the pool play. Oh, okay. Yeah. We had a brawl with it with Regensburg. Really? With Regensburg, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was, I don't know, there was, some, there was some gamesmanship going on. So he got into it with a catcher and got thrown out and got suspended oh. for a couple of games. So we missed him for the first game of the of the final four. So we didn't have him. Yeah. Um, we actually had a spot where his final lineup would have been up with two on and two out. Yeah. Um, you know, so we ended up losing four, nothing. We didn't have any offense and I just, I ran out of gas. Yeah. But I mean, we got there. We, it, the, at the European cup, that was, that was the a highlight of the year, the pool play yeah. for me. I mean, we beat a Dutch team. I think we were the first French team to be a Dutch team and, and full nine in a game. Yeah. Uh, and then we went on to beat Spanish champion and Regensburg in a close game. Yeah. And then, Czech champion. Yeah, so. Regensburg's no slouch, that's for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. I also noticed, yeah, you, you played Amsterdam and you only lost by one as well, 8 7. Yeah, we, we almost came back to win that game and it was in the third place game of the Final Four. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I mean, we definitely competed with, with the top clubs. I mean, we, you know, we play Neptunus or Amsterdam 100 times, they'll beat us 90 times, yeah. you know, because they have the depth and the, you yeah. know, the pitching, the pitching depth and everything. But you know, in, in one game, two games, you know, we got, we had the talent to compete with them. Yeah. So now you're heading over to Holland. When do you, when do you head there? Uh, probably till the end of March, middle end of March. Yeah. And the season starts in the middle of April. Wow. Well, congratulations, Chris. You know, I, I, I'm very, very thankful that you, uh, you know, you contacted me and I really appreciate that. And, uh, I want to thank you for your time, and I want to wish you the best of luck in uh, Holland. And hopefully, when when the season's over, maybe we can meet up again and and see how that experience went. Maybe I can pick your brain a little bit there. That sounds great. Thanks for what you're doing. You're doing a great thing with this blog. That's going to get more guys over. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm having fun with it. So, you know, the more I, the more I learn as as, as the website uh, develops, then uh, the more I'm going to be able to answer some of these questions that guys keep emailing me because. Uh, you know, I, I, my knowledge base is around Austria, so after you, now I know a little bit about France, and uh, I'll be interviewing somebody pretty soon uh, that's playing down in Australia. So, awesome, great, Chris. Thanks a lot for your time, and uh, best of luck. And we'll we'll be in touch. Great, thanks a lot, David. Ciao. Take care.
Well, guys, another successful episode of the International Baseball Community Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Chris brought a bunch of great information that I hope helped some of you guys out. Uh, I'd like to ask you guys or invite you to come and create a profile if you haven't yet on my website, www.internationalbaseballcommunity.com. And as well, you heard the guy. Get out there, start emailing some teams, get your name out there. Once your foot's in the door, it's all downhill. Lastly, I'd like to put a little shout-out for any of you guys that uh, have experienced some international baseball and want to join me on a podcast interview. I'd be happy to uh, give you a few moments to tell your story. So uh, please email me at internationalbaseballcommunity at gmail.com. Thank you very much, and have a good season in 2013, everybody.